our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Hello, today's Thursday, which means we're bringing you Girls That Startup, a weekly series where we spill the tea on how to create a seven-figure side hustle because no one saves their way to wealth. You're joined today by Sim, a seven-figure business owner, and with me is Maya, an entrepreneur in the making. Hello, Maya. Kia Sim. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. I started reading a new book. Oh. <laughs> TikTok made me do it. I'm fully into the whole book talks at the moment thoughts a court of thorns and roses it's like so so raved about and I'm on I got it yesterday I'm on chapter I think I'm halfway oh she's a fast reader she's not she's just been a little bit naughty and have neglected my other duties that I should be doing <laughs> to finish the book yeah so it's been good what is it is it like did you say it was a non-fiction no it is a fiction it is fiction. so I either only read like self-improvement and you know empowerment and informative books or I go the complete opposite way and I'm fantasy fiction like I please take me to another world I don't want to be here I want to read about dragons and fairies and all of that magical stuff Maya's like I either read fiction or non-fiction there's no in between (laughs) there literally is no in between I'm either learning something about my brain or I am flying off to some made-up land where there are dragons and magical beings. So I'm currently in the magical beings world. (laughs) It's okay. Actually, it is a good book, but I was kind of thinking it would be similar to Fourth Wing. I just finished reading Fourth Wing and that's like super hyped. I really loved that book. And so I thought it would be similar and it's not really similar, but it is a good book. Yeah, I hate it when I like read a book thinking it's going to be like another book and it isn't. Yeah, well, that's what everyone on TikTok told me. Well, that, you know, it was just a, if you like this book, then you'll like this one. And they kind of compare the series and it is a good book. It's just not really that similar aside from it being fantasy. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not finished yet. Well, you'll have to keep us updated. I will. Well, on the topic of comparisons, this week we are talking about what not to do in terms of how not to compare yourself. If Mm -hmm. the second book that you were reading was a person, they would be really upset right now because they'd be like, (laughs) everyone wants me to be like this other book. This is the book I should be. And I'm just not living up to the hype and I should just not exist. I should just shut (laughs) it all down. Which is like, 
exactly how comparison works. And now you're making me feel bad about saying the book. Look, it's a good book. It's just not what I thought it was. (laughs) No, I get it. I get it. Now, in terms of comparisons, in terms of having a business, I would say this has been one of the things I have struggled with the most as a business Mm. owner, not just with Girls That Invest, but in every single business I have had, which was quite interesting because I was never someone that I'm not competitive with other people. Like I I really Mm. am not, especially like with school and academics. I was never like, what did other people get? What were their grades? I remember I would look at my grade and be like, okay, that's better than what I expected or that's worse than what I expected for myself. Mm -hmm. But I was never like, how are other people going? What are they thinking? What are they doing? And so it was quite easy for me to kind of stay in my lane. And so when I started being in the business world, this new I guess, thought or feeling of comparison really shook me and I just didn't know how to handle it because I never used to feel that way in any other categories of my life. And so it has been such a journey, but I'm so excited to talk about what to do when you start comparing yourself, how negative it can be, mm-hmm. and just all the ways that we can move forward and use it to help us but not be so detrimental. Mm. And that's so interesting to hear, some because – well, I'm just thinking about girls that invest and the success of the business, but also I don't see, you know, how many hours, all of the exact hours that you put in and all of the no's that you may receive and all of that kind of stuff. And then I can definitely see how people compare in business because it's I would say it's very similar to just comparing yourself to other people. But I'm really interested to hear that because I didn't think it was something that you particularly struggled with Mm. because GTI is so successful. And so what did you compare your businesses to with other other businesses, not just GTI? I think like I remember I – it would get to a stage where it always happened on Instagram. Funnily enough, Instagram is the love of my life and the bane of, of my existence. <laughs> we have an interesting relationship, Instagram and I. But I just remember, especially with the Indian feminists, like when I started that and I would log in and I'd be like, oh my God, like we have 300,000 followers or 200,000 followers, but this account just posted this and that was such a good idea. Or this account got featured here. Like, we, I wish we had thought of that. Like if someone does really well, I used to be like, why didn't I think of that? Like my instant thought Mm -hmm. wasn't, oh, that's so smart. Good for them. It used to be, why didn't I think of that? And it used to happen with Girls That Invest. Like if someone came up with a really good podcast idea, I was like, why didn't I think of that? Or if someone came up with a strategy for their business where they expanded out and did like X, Y, Z, I'd be like, that's so smart. I wish I had done that. Or if they got a news article or a feature, I'd be like, oh my God, they're killing it. If someone would share a story about like, hey guys, just like at the office today, this is what we're doing. We're just working on a secret project. I'd be like, what's the project? I'm not doing a project. Like, should I have a project? Should I be doing like, I just get up every day and do my business, but I'm I'm not like project based. Like (laughs) what are these projects that people are doing? And people would be like, I have some news that I'm really excited to share. I'd be like, oh my God, I'd hate it when people would be like, I have some news to share. I'm so excited. I'd be like, what have they done? Like what, (laughs) what's happened now? (laughs) What do I need to do more of? No. Like, let me rest. (laughs) But it was, 
interesting. And obviously I have grown so much since eight years ago when I first started being in the business world. But yeah, everything I compared, I compared follower size, I compared podcast downloads, I compared news features, I compared revenue, I even compared like, oh my God, they're getting the best ads or the best sponsors. Like I was just down in the dumps. Wow. I'd be like, oh my God, they got like Airbnb to sponsor their podcast. Why can't we get Airbnb to sponsor our podcast? (laughs) I mean, I think these are all also very normal like thoughts, especially with social media. Like it is so easy to compare yourself just personally to other people. And then, you know, when you're growing a business and you have all of these aspirations and you're driven and you just constantly want to do better for yourself and improve. And then you see, you know, people where you want to be, or you, you, you know, you see everyone else's highlight reels and you're just like, I need a project. (laughs) I need a project guys. (laughs) Even though you could not possibly fit another thing on your plate. Oh yeah. Like, I guess this is my issue with business. My business is not something I can touch. My business is not something I can hold. When I think of my business, Mm. I see blankness. Like I don't see it. When people say girls that invest, I can't visualize it because there's nothing to visualize. Like, yes, we have our social media, but that's just something on a phone to me. Yes, we have our podcast, but that is something on an app. I can't hold. I can't touch. I guess the closest thing we have is the book, but I mean, the book's not our main business. It's something that we've done that's amazing. The the closest thing I've gotten to, and maybe this is why I like doing events and speaking so much, is because I actually get to meet people, see them, and see the impact of our work. Mm. But yeah, when when I think of Girls That Invest, I don't see, I'm not like a, I don't know, a beer company that's like, oh, we've sold this many beers around the world and here's like a warehouse of our beer. I don't own like a milk company or or like a product-based business. And so it's really hard for me to quantify what we do or see the impact of what we do. And therefore I jump online and suddenly I'm seeing everyone talking about what they do and it just gets to me Mm. or at least it got to me. I need to be very clear. I'm not salty. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you don't sound salty. You sound very normal and very human. And I think this is something that I love why I love being on the podcast is because you were transparent about your journey in business and, you know, people step back and just look on the outside. You are a 20 something year old with a multi seven figure business that you have created. You have, you know, achieved being, had these awards and accolades and done all of these amazing things. I would not think, oh, she had been, you know, struggling with comparing herself to other businesses and things like that. So first of all, Sim, I love that we are speaking about this. And second, what has helped you with dealing with comparison and how have you managed it? I have dealt with comparison by realizing that we all do it. Mm-hmm. And I think there is less shame and guilt associated because then I would feel I was mean to myself. Like first I would compare myself and feel crap about it. And then I'd feel 
icky that I was comparing myself. Yeah. I'd be mm-hmm. like, why am I like, why do I feel anything but happiness for this person? Like I should be so proud of them and so happy for them. Like they're killing it. That's amazing. There's enough to go around. I know I believe that I've got this limited mindset, like, oh no, they succeeded. What about me? Or that if they got that thing, that meant I didn't get that thing. And I was like, that's just not anything to do with who I am I'm so strong with my values and when Mm -hmm. I'm clearly acting outside of my values I feel like sickly so I would compare myself and feel bad about my business and then I would feel sick and so it was this fantastic (laughs) morning routine that I had (laughs) wonderful (laughs) wonderful and so I've learned to I think the more I talked about it with people and realized that they were doing it too and they had similar experiences It was actually quite helpful when I was talking to the people I used to compare myself with to realize that they were also comparing themselves with other people. It was just like, damn, like we're all doing it. So let's say I have my business and then there's company A. And I've always wanted to be like company A. Company A is amazing. They do so much work. They have so many workshops. They are so smart. And then when I was talking to company A, they just happened to mention that like company B is so much bigger than them. And company A is like, I stress out so much, like company B is doing so many amazing things and they've got this and they've got that and they've got that accolade and they've got millions of followers. And then I went and talked to company B, I became friends with them and they were like, you know, company C has a mm. Netflix show. Company C <laughs> has done this. Like, like they are killing, like, you know, everyone yeah. At every stage, whether I was talking to someone that had a business that had 10,000 customers, a million customers, 10 million customers, they were all watching their competitors and not focusing on themselves. Mm-hmm. Step number two that helped me. So first was understanding we all do it. It's okay. Number two was realizing that every second I spend comparing myself is a second that I'm taking away from growing my business. Like there is this picture of Michael Phelps, who's the swimmer and he's swimming and he's just looking straight ahead. You know, he's just focused on the swim and the guy that was going to win the race, but ended up coming second in that photo is like looking over at Michael Phelps. I remember this. Yes. And he lost. And if he had just stayed in his lane, even that microsecond of just like, how am I going? cost him an Olympic gold medal. And it's that idea of like, if I spend an hour doom scrolling on Instagram of like, oh my God, and look at this person, look at that person, they're doing so well, they're doing so well. If I really want to do well, that could have been an hour that I spent improving my business. So it's counterintuitive. And as soon as you lose sight and you start focusing on others, you just lose the ability to just be able to say, okay, what can I do to improve myself? I just have a question within a question. You say that, and that is, I'm just thinking about comparing, you know, myself to others in social media, because you can say that and know that, but still not do it. How did you do it? What I ended up doing is I ended up muting Mm. everyone that made me feel bad about myself, which is so sad because they've done nothing wrong. Like they have literally done nothing wrong. <laughs> like, but I needed it. I just needed yeah. it for a month or two months, whatever it took. I was like, the less I see, like out of sight, out of mind, I need to regroup or refocus. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, GTI hasn't like seen my story in a while. It's because I was jealous of you. I'm sorry. I need a time away. I'm back now. <laughs> Hi. Completely normal. 
completely normal. So it helped to get them out of my sight, out of my mind. It meant I didn't see it, it meant I didn't focus on it. And the other like tangible thing that I did is I started having my own metrics for myself and said, rather than comparing myself to others, I'm going to compare myself to myself. So every quarter, I'm going to set a goal for myself. As long as our Instagram followers are growing from last month, as long as our podcast listeners or downloads are increasing month on month, as long as every time we do the masterclass, we are having, you know, more people joining in than this time last year. As long as Mm -hmm. those metrics that I've chosen are improving, then I'm improving. My business is doing well. We're moving forward. Mm. So why does it matter what someone else is doing? Because they don't have my journey. They're not me. They don't have my community. They don't have the brain that I have or the life experiences that I've had that have helped me create what I have. Like there's no point comparing. Also, a lot of times we end up comparing to companies that have like a team of 50 people. (laughs) And you're like, why do I not have the same output as a company of like less than 10 or like less than five people? And that company is like, like, we'll look at, like if you're in the makeup business and you're like, oh my God, my like makeup line that I've started or my skincare line that I've started, it hasn't taken off. And you're comparing it to like something backed by like a VC that has had a hundred people join in the company and they've been doing it for 10 years. Like, yeah, they got on Allure and you didn't. And that's because you've been doing it for three years and they've been doing it for 15. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone. And the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win, win, win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. And you have a small team and they have many people and it just, of course you can't compare it. They're just more resourced. And that's okay. It's, It's like comparing apples to oranges. You're not in the same lane and comparing yourself to yourself and your own metrics is actually so beneficial because it's you it has helped me so much whenever I compare myself because look I've I've definitely moved past a lot of it but every now and again it still happens I just have to remind myself this one quote and it's like my mantra that I repeat time and time again which is no one is me and that is my power Mm. no one is me and that is my power no one is me and that is my power because it is me that is running my business and since no one else is me No one else is going to be able to run it the same way I do. They can't do it our way. We have our own unique style, our own unique way, and that is so fine. And if we ever see someone that is in our 
I don't know, lane and they're doing really well, that to me just means we have a really good idea because someone that is in our industry is killing it. That is proof of audience. That is proof of interest. I don't know why the Airbnb thing got to me. If someone gets (laughs) Airbnb as a sponsor, that means Airbnb thinks that money podcasts are worth putting their advertising dollars into. That's bloody amazing. Like someone walked so that I could run. Mm, And that's an important thing to point out, Sim, is that that mindset shift. And so how else have you shifted your mindset from they're doing this and I'm not doing it, that must mean I'm doing something wrong. Like how have you been able to change your mindset to be like, oh, okay, Airbnb is interested in money podcasts. Did it just come naturally? It was a like mantra, another mantra that I kept telling mm-hmm. myself, which was something along the lines of like them achieving this is proof that I can too. Or like, mm. oh, I'm so happy for them. And I can't wait to have what they have. That's what I used to say to myself. Like, I am so happy for them and I can't wait for it to be my turn. And that was a really good way of looking at what other people had achieved or succeeded in and used it as proof that I could get there too. Because if you tell yourself, oh my God, that company is so big and they're so impressive and I'll never be there, then you're just, you're already undercutting yourself. But if you Mm. believe that you are no different to the person that's achieved that amazing thing, then you're going to hold yourself to a higher standard or you're going to bring them back down to a normal human being because everyone's just a person. Like Mm. it's probably not the best example, but Jeff Bezos is just a human. Like he just has organs. He's made up of the same stuff we are. Yes, he's had very different sets of privileges and yes, he's had a lot more time than the average person. His 24 hours are not like our 24 hours. But whoever it is in your industry that you keep comparing yourself to, they're just a human being. And we put them on pedestals and we need to remind ourselves that they're just as special as we are. We are just as special as they are. It's just, they're just people. Mm. Yeah, and... The whole pedestaling people is something that is so common on social media is because you kind of, not dehumanize, but you see everyone's highlight reels and you're like, wow, they must have the stuff all together. Like they must be so organized in life, have all of their ducks in a row when you're just like, just bring them down from the pedestal. They're the same as you. When I got to meet some of the people that I had always looked up to in my industry from like the States and from other parts of the world, it just helped me so much to be able to humanize the people that I used to compare myself to because mm. it, it's just like, oh, you know what? They have good days and bad days too. That's fine. I had a friend and this was really detrimental to their view on life but they would always believe that people had this secret source that they didn't have oh yeah (laughs) they'd say things like oh well like that person is just naturally smarter than me even though this friend was one of the smart like this person used to top their papers at university they were by no means struggling academically but they would say things like well I'm just not like that group of girls or I'm just not like that person like they've just got something I don't have I think over years, if you keep telling yourself that, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. But if you Mm -hmm. keep comparing yourself to people and then following it up with, but I'll get there too, or what they have, I have, like whatever it is, whatever, just find a mantra, something that 
Mm-hmm. You cannot control your first belief. You cannot control that you're going to compare yourself to someone, but follow that statement up with something more positive and it will just help to tackle it. Yeah. I love mantras. What I do to help with comparison in any area of my life is I do gratitudes. Mm-hmm. So I do gratitudes on my way to work and on my way back from work and then just kind of when I'm feeling stressed or like I'm comparing myself to when now it's just like programmed in my mind and even now in my with my partner as well if I'm like oh everything sucks right now and literally so many times he's just like what are you grateful for just name three things in your life that you were grateful for in this moment and it always just snaps me out of that deficit thinking yeah and that you know the real harmful spiral that you can go inside your head so mantras gratitudes they're just so simple but so effective I I just want to jump off the back of that and say that you're so like you don't want someone's life completely because we just want mm. the good things about their lives. Yes. Like you, we, we look at someone that has like, let's say I have the seven figure business and I look at someone with an eight figure business. Like we make, let's say a million, they make 10 million. 10 million doesn't mean that they do the exact same stuff that we do with the exact same hours and the exact same decisions. They clearly do not 10 times more, but they're clearly making bigger decisions. They have more money. They have more problems. They have more staff. They have more things to think about that I don't. And if I compare myself and wish I had that, I also have to acknowledge, well, they've got much more different, more complex things in their life that they have to deal with. So I remember I was talking about earlier, the CEO founder of Allbirds was speaking at an event. And for some reason, I started comparing myself. I was like, wow, this is so crazy. He's so smart. I don't really want to be in the shoe industry, but I was like, how did I not think of that? And like, like Obama wears his shoes. Like, that's so fantastic. And then he said something. He was like, you know, we did so well. We grew so quickly. We went public, which means his company IPO'd. And then he said, and it was just like an offhand comment that he kind of made and chuckled and went back to. He was like, be careful what you wish for Mm. in terms of going public, because that's everyone's dream, right? Like most companies, almost startups are like, I want to exit or I want to IPO. I want to go public. I want to, you know, ring the bell at the NASDAQ. And he said, be careful what you wish for. And the interview that was chatting with him kind of delved into that. And it was the idea that they went public and then their shares dropped quite significantly. Imagine if GTI had shares and then on the share market, our company was like down 40%. That's another stressor. That's embarrassing. Mm. You know, that that's just hard. Another thing to deal with. And yes, you've got all this amazing stuff, but then you've got all these other issues. Yes, you could IPO and be like, I'm comparing myself. Why do I not have a public company? But then you're also not having to deal with like, are we making our shareholders money or not? You're just worried about yourself. You're just worried about your staff. Mm. That big company that has 300 people in them, that CEO doesn't even know the name of every single person anymore and they've lost control in terms of they can't have a chat with everyone. The founder of Canva was saying, he was like, when we had a new hire, I used to take them out for ice cream and like just get to know them and let them feel like they could get to know me. And he was like, that was easy because we'd have one hire a month. But once we hit 100 people, I couldn't go out to coffee or ice cream with every single person Mm, that we hired and we started like losing control of the business a little bit because people were making decisions 
that we, you know, we can't check everything off. Mm. And so there's always problems. The bigger the problems, the bigger the solutions, whatever it looks like. But it's so important to not compare the best parts of someone's business and assume that the work or effort that they're putting in is the exact same as your business. Mm. And something that I used to think as well is like, while they have everything together and compare that to like my worst parts. Yeah. And like moments of when I'm in stress or, you know, in stress, I'm like, wow, they probably don't experience this. And you're like, of course they do. Of course Everyone they does. Do. It's completely normal. Because you're actually quite good at not comparing yourself. Do you mm. have any tips that you can add for our listeners? My, we spoke about it in a previous podcast, for social media, completely block or unfollow any and every account that makes you feel bad about something in your life for the time being (laughs) because you can't just kind of rely on cutting people out so you don't feel bad (laughs) about yourself. But I think if, you know, you're really uh, comparing yourself to people, block it out for a month or two and just start focusing on all of the good things that happen in your life. Like it really is that simple and that has changed my complete mindset because I think like everyone else used to compare myself on social media or where I wanted to be in my career and where I wanted to be in life and think like, oh, I'm not where I, you know, quote unquote should be. But everything is in the simple things in life. Everything is in the small things. Like even today, just sitting in when we bought our fuddy, when we bought our house, this space by our kitchen, I always wanted it to be a reading nook. I always wanted it to be decorated and cute so that I could read and watch the sunset. And now I am doing exactly that. Like I have a cute little setup. And today I was just like, wow, this is everything that like this is one of the wishes that I wanted to happen when we first moved in here. And so it's just reflecting on all of those small things, even today I was lying down with my partner and we were just like, I was reading and he was snuggling me. And I was like, wow, this moment is just true bliss because in this moment I am loved, I am held, I am relaxing. And it's just really focusing on the small things in life that really make up all of the big things. It sounds so, so cheesy, but you just start counting all of the special little moments, you know, fresh air, being able to go for a 10 minute walk, you know, laughing with someone that you love, all of these little things really make up all of the big things. And so just cutting out some comparison and then working on yourself because you have to work on yourself. That's just my number one thing. Focus on all of the good. Guys, can you tell why we asked Maya to be on the podcast? <laughs> that was amazing. I have goosebumps. <laughs> I think that's so important. What I'm going to take away from that is if we have goals in our business or goals in our personal lives, like the thing that you said, like the thing you wished for, Mm. then that's something that you can focus on. And if you've got something to focus on, then it doesn't matter what other people are doing because you've got that goal for you to reach. And as long as you're getting closer to it every single day, like you're being proactive towards it, you're getting that, you know, you're saving up the deposit for your house or you're putting an effort in that relationship or whatever that looks like to you. I really love that. And when you talk about the little things, suddenly looking at people's Instagram stories and feeling jealous just sounds 
so silly. Yeah. Like, it is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It is unfortunately a part of our day-to-day lives for everyone who uses social media now. And it's just, I think just in general, it's human nature. We've never had this much access to people and everyone just posts their highlight reel. Oh, and sorry, quickly, another thing that I think of when I, not to take away from people's stories or Instagram posts or things like that, I think sometimes when I'm trying to get a really cool video or picture, you know, sometimes it can be chaotic and it doesn't show up in the photo. You know, I can have this 10 minutes of bliss and then have an argument or be stressed over something like a half an hour later. And so I keep in mind that I'm a human having human experiences and other people will too. Just because they've posted that they're on the beach, that's fabulous, but it also doesn't mean that they don't have issues going on in their life as well, which I think we often forget when we see everyone's highlight reels because we just kind of make up these big elaborate stories about how everyone's lives are better than ours, which is untrue. So just kind of humanizing everyone and truly just remembering this is 1% of their day in their life. You know what? I have actual data that can back that claim up because the amount of people that don't know me personally that say, oh my God, I wish I had your life. I wish I had what you had. Mm-hmm. I don't know a single person that knows me personally. I've never had a friend ever say anything, but like, I don't want your life. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a friend look at me and go, you're living the dream <laughs> because they see the good and the bad. They see it in person. They see the frazzled eyes. They see the like the ups and downs, the like laying on the floor crying. And mm-hmm. they're just, no one, look, I don't think a friend has ever said to me (laughs) that they wish they had what I had the comparison is like thank god I have a normal job but yeah just goes to show what you see online and and this is coming from someone that posts a lot of the ups and downs online like it was quite funny because this is being recorded a little bit earlier than when it's coming out but yesterday I was like oh my god I'm working at the office it's like 9 p.m I wish I could like go home but someone's got to get it done and then the next story was like Business Insider, Girls That Invest Media makes $1.4 million. (laughs) (laughs) Yeehaw, baby. And I was like, see? And it's like a photo of me and Sonia laughing. And obviously the photo was taken a long time ago. (laughs) It just, you know, that is next to each other. Two stories, two posts. How ridiculous. Yeah. And two things can exist at the same time. You can be like, oh, I'm at the office at 9 p.m., and then the next day I'd be like, wow, I love my job. Like, I love it. Like, you know. Yeah, the like literally within the same 12 hours, it went from like, oh, my God, I'm in the office to this time two years ago. I was making a pros and cons list trying to decide if I should quit my <laughs> nine to five. If you're wondering if you should take the plan to do it, you may just end up on Business Insider. Like, disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> but also that is life, you know. And I think the thing with social media and comparison is that it strips the normal things of life, the normal ups and downs, the normal ebb and flows that we just kind of get this crazy idea that our life isn't always rainbows and butterflies and has this really cool, trendy music playing on in the background. (laughs) 
Wait, you don't have the Barbie movie soundtrack in the background? Oh, really not. No, because you'd just be crying. Me too. <laughs> we, we would. Yeah. All right. I think this is probably a good place to wrap it up. I feel like this is a lesson for myself. Like I have done the work. I have done the therapy. I've done the readings. Like I have put so much time and energy because I hate that icky feeling. It's not my yeah. value to compare. You don't want to look at someone's success and feel contempt or like yes. sadness because it's not you. But it happens and I wouldn't shame yourself for feeling that way. Instead, I would focus on that second voice because you can't control the first voice. If you see something and your heart sinks, that's okay. But what you can control is the the messages you tell yourself afterwards, which is Mm -hmm. they are on their own journey. They have the business that they're doing that's doing amazingly is fantastic, but they probably also have problems that I don't want right now. Yes. Reminding yourself that it is totally fine to see someone do well and to wish them well and to also know that you'll get there eventually too. You see their success and their success is proof in your own potential because you remind yourself that they are just a human. They're not someone on a pedestal. They don't have the secret book that they were given that you'll never get access to. There's no playbook between the successful founders in your industry and yourself. It is just things like experience, good timing, a little bit of luck, consistent hard work. There is age. Like there's so many things that have contributed to someone being to where they are and their lives are going to be so different and complex to your own. And if you just find those goals that are important to you, focus on the little things, stay in your lane, then you are going to be Michael Phelps. And if you continue to compare yourself to other people, you're going to be that guy in that photo that came second Mm. always. Yeah. All right. If you enjoyed this episode, if you were able to take anything away, if we helped in any way possible, I have one humble request. Would you please send this to someone that you think it would benefit? Would you please take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story and tag us? It helps us grow the podcast, which means that we get better content for you. It means we can grow our teams. It means that I can stop comparing myself to other podcasts. And that is all <laughs> I can ask for. <laughs> See you next week, Maya. Kakite. Bye. And And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team. Bye.